We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. So former Notre Dame linebacker J.D. Bertrand has been at the NFL Draft Combine this week, and he had some things to say earlier this week about his defensive coordinator at Notre Dame, Al Golden. Here's what J.D. had to say. Golden definitely has changed my game. I think I really benefited just being at Notre Dame. I had three different defensive coordinators over the time, so I went from a cover forward base to a man base, and then Al Golden kind of installed a little bit of everything from the get-go, and then turned into a little bit more of a man team, but had exposure to so many different kind of NFL defenses, and so through him, like, I think he's really helped me during my time. I think that's why Notre Dame's going to pay him so much money to stay there. I could see Vince focusing on trying to hear what he said. There was a lot. There was even more background noise when I'm wearing headsets than when I'm listening to it. It just helps me to concentrate. You know, I'm trying to, you know, I was like uh, trying to hone in on his voice. Yeah. So what do you guys think? I think, first of all, I don't know. He he was talking about the types of defenses that they played. I don't know why they were ever running a cover four base, but I'm glad Marcus (laughs) Freeman changed that to more of a man team as soon as he got here, because that would have been you know, second coordinator, and then Al Golden would have been the third coordinator. But what he's saying makes sense. You know, he he knows football. There's nothing that can be thrown at him defensively right now uh, that would, I think, confuse him. And having Al Golden run an NFL scheme in his last two years and now being able to go on to the NFL with all this different defensive knowledge and NFL scheme-type knowledge, I just think that it shows how important or, or how important J.D. Bertrand is and how important he will be at the next level and just kind of being a game manager, right, or game general, I guess you could say, of getting understanding where everyone needs to be on the field and also being able to play your position at a high level at all times. And that's not something that you get everywhere else in the country, right? Like it's, it's something that's specific to Notre Dame, and I think it shows why Notre Dame had such a high importance of returning someone like Al Golden because of you know, what these, how these players respond to him and how they're able to help him or help how Al Golden is able to help the players transition to the next level. 
Yeah, I agree with everything that Jesse said. I, I will just say <laughs> that and I want to re retread it because it's silly, but like I, I will say that his biggest asset is going to be between his ears. I mean, look, he's athletic. We know he's at, you know, we know he's athletic. He doesn't have the strong or the, the long wingspan and all those different things. Everybody hey, wanted he, to knock he him measured on. in at a quarter length longer, baby. His arms grew at the combine. <laughs> it stretched him out just a little bit. They're also bit like more. I think the wingspan is like what five inches shorter than Maris Leofau or something. Oh, I'm sure. It's like, I'm sure. I and, and look, his biggest asset's gonna be his brain and his understanding of defenses and, and all of that, and the fact that he has been dealing with the you know NFL style defenses and things like that. Without Golden as his defensive coordinator, I think is a huge plus for him. I think he's absolutely right, and he's gonna he's gonna kill it in the interviews. He's gonna do a good job on the agilities and stuff like that. It's just the measurements that are gonna hold him back. And so, at the end of the day, what's gonna mean more to NFL people, right? His understanding and his knowledge and his able, you know, his his quickness to dissect and get guys in the right position, or his wingspan. You know what I mean? Like that kind of his measurables. So I think that he's absolutely he hit the nail on the head. Do you guys think that, um, you know, speaking of Bertrand, do you think this thing with him being in a boot is something to be concerned about? No. I mean, he probably had, you know, had something cleaned up, you yeah. know, postseason. Because he's not going to do anything. Do you think he'll still – do you think he'll be ready to go by the time Notre Dame holds pro day, you know, in, in three weeks from now? Or Because the only thing he did was get measured. He hasn't run a 40. He hasn't done any drills. Like, yeah, he's just fine. there. He'll be fine. It also gives him an excuse, you know, not to have to run and stuff like that. <laughs> no, know. and I, I agree. But he was going to run poorly because, you know, as we saw at the Senior Bowl, he had a pretty good time, if you remember. But it's just and pro day isn't for like another three weeks. And that's something, something like to remember that. too, you know, because like combine is one thing, but he has also been there at the Senior Bowl and had a lot of those. That's true. You know, testing and stuff like that done at that point before that. You guys, you know, went. The Bertrand route, I'll just I'll just go a different, you know, like D Rock Irish says, strong endorsement for <clears throat> Al Golden. And I I do think that because I think that for you know, as sort of disjointed as it looks sometimes in year one for Al Golden, it looked a lot different in year two. And as these athletes that they are recruiting into these positions and and working with Max Bulla as well, I think it's just going to get stronger and stronger every year. And the fact that they are playing in a pro-ready system, I think, is going to benefit every defensive player. And I think probably specifically the linebackers as well as they come through Notre Dame. I think that's going to be nothing but good like is that, that Notre Dame can continue to use as a recruiting tool going forward when you hear this kind of stuff. I wanted to go back real quick. John Simpson, you know, the topic of strength of schedule came up when we were talking about selection in the college football playoff and stuff like that. And John said, uh, strength of schedule doesn't matter. Michigan played one tough game last season. Strength of schedule was closer to top 100 than top 20. The committee talks out of the side of their neck week to week. But re remember now, if this 14-team thing goes through, you're only going to have three at-large bids that the committee is going to have any influence over. The rest of it is all going to be these automatic bids, you know. So, like, I think that strength of schedule will matter because I think that they're going to be looking at a lot of criteria for these final three teams when you're probably talking about, you know, six, you know, maybe five to seven teams that are going to be debated about who's going to get in in these final three slots. So I do think strength of schedule actually will matter for those teams. And I get what you're saying about Michigan. I absolutely, I mean, I think we all agree they didn't play that great a schedule, but they were undefeated and they, right. And they weren't going to get left out, you know, as, as the champion of the big 10. And as John Christophic said, also good point. Uh, saw a little bit ago, like, what are they going to do with the conference championship games? They're probably I, I, like, what, what purpose does a conference championship serve? If you're talking about three automatic bids, a conference you know none it matters yeah, right not at all zero we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. So speaking of the combine going on right now, they're doing a lot of the testing right now. Quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers are going to run their 40s at the combine tomorrow, Saturday. So courtesy of Jesse, <laughs> who finding some prop picks at Prize Pick, it's a it's a sports wagering app called Prize Pick. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, not available in Ohio, so. Ah, no wonder you were pushing it on me the other day. Oh, okay. <laughs> it all now makes I sense see. now. Now I see. <clears throat> so, you can wager on combine forty times. Hilarious. They're basically doing over under. So Sam Hartman has an over under on his combine forty time. Of 4.84. Do you think he will run better or worse than a 4.84? Better. Way better. Yeah, that's terrible. I think he's going to run a low 4.6. Wow. I was going to say say he's going to at least run a 4.7. That's what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, watching him scramble and do some things, like he's not a 4.8 plus guy. No way. I'm gonna see middle schoolers run faster. Like that, there's no way he's that slow. No way. I agree. He's pretty good, and I couldn't find his time. And I remember they at the Senior Bowl they did his time, and I think he had the he did have the fastest time of all the quarterbacks. But I couldn't find what the actual time was. Right, I've got to believe it's going to be better than four eight four, though. I, I saw something so. that like his best time was like four six. His worst time was four eight. And I think that the the reason why that number is a little inflated because coming out of high school he was slow. Well, not slow, but he ran like a five forty. He got he actually Ooh. got faster as he came through college and got probably you know stronger, more athletic, that sort of stuff. But when he first came to college, he was a low five forty guy. DK says his hair is aerodynamic. <laughs> I just saw. Did you see? I saw today they put a uh, a uh, Tom Brady. Oh, I side saw by that. side 40. He ran he, better. Yeah, he ran a better time as a 46 year old than he did as a 22 year old. Hilarious ready for the draft. <laughs> he, I mean, but he, I mean, good gracious, he was in such bad shape when he was coming out of college. Like, he really was. He looked like a doughboy in comparison right. <laughs> to what he looks like now. Holy cow. He did that TB12. Hey, when he came out of, when he came out of college, the mobile quarterback was like, not a thing. You were just there to drop back and throw the ball. Right. Now all these athletic quarterbacks have screwed it up for, you know, some of these older quarterbacks. How about Audric Estime? His uh, his over under forty time is four point five. 
I think this is the hardest one, to be honest with you. I think I this one is like going to be like four, four, eight between like four, four, five, and four, five, five. I, I this one's really hard, but I, I want to lean under because I think he's if if he's smart, he's been really training this forty time for the combine. I think he's going to hit under that. I I see. So, you know, the laser timing and all these different things are so prevalent nowadays, right? The high schools have them and all this stuff. And so I see the results from, like, the high school kids, okay? I'm sorry. Audrick Estime is faster than a lot of these high school kids are at the times <laughs> that I'm seeing, right? I got to think that he's going to be faster than that 4-5. I, 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 have, I have to believe he's going to be faster than that. I think so, too. I, I think he's at least going to be down in that – Four eight area, maybe even a four seven, something like that. Like four four seven, four four eight. Is that what right? You're four four yeah, seven, okay. four four eight. Yeah, that's where I Not think four, he's eight. at too. Yeah, I think yeah. he's a high four four type of guy. Right, and that's I fair. So. I think that's fair, and I think if he does that, that's really going to help his stock. Yes, mm-hmm. and that's really. kind of what I was leaning towards. I think if he can, the fastest he can show himself at the combine is only going to boost up his stock. Cause I think the rest of his game is pretty self-explanatory. I think people are just not concerned about, but like you see him and you see his physical presence. You're like, is this guy actually yeah, fast? Right. Exactly. Like, so he's just got to pass that eye test of, yes, I can look big and be big, but also, you know, be light on the feet. By the way, Javante Jean-Baptiste ran a 4.66. Maris Leofow ran a 4.64. 4. For their 40 times. It's a little slow for Marist, if I'm being honest. I'm a little surprised. But he's a big kid. I mean, mm-hmm. is he is he an end? Like, I guess you have to decide where you're going to put him, too. because He, he was saying the other day that a lot of teams, most teams apparently have him as an inside linebacker, which I found a little bit surprising. <sighs> that's going to be a problem. <laughs> that's, that's very interesting. That's going to be a problem. Uh, an inside linebacker, what, on third and fourth down, on third I and know. ten? Like, <laughs> look, he'll get he'll get drafted based on his measurables. Right, exactly. But you his pop projected in the game ceiling. film. Right. And if you're I mean, you can him draft middle, him in the sixth or seventh round and, you know, and bring him in. It, yeah, you're exactly right. It's like you still got to make those run fits, man. That's right. the biggest thing if you're playing inside. You got to dissect yeah. and you got to make those call those reads and calls and everything. That's not going to happen. I'm sorry. Ooh. Wouldn't it be great if you could just take Marist, Bertrand, <laughs> one person, baby? I know. Sure. There's always. There's always. Well, you could say that about a lot of people, but. Yep. Yes, you could. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Hmm. How about Joe Alt? I don't even know why offensive linemen run 40 times, but his Seriously. his listed number is 4.95. I, I'm, I don't know. I've Dude, never seen Joe in. run full tilt, but I'm going to go over. I don't think there's any way. He's he not breaking five. five. I don't think oh, so. Oh, disagree. He's a former tight end. <laughs> disagree. Five is not that fast. I'm He's a former tight end 60 pounds ago. <laughs> <laughs> let me uh, let me do some research here real quick. I saw some of his 40 times a couple of days ago. <laughs> let me see if I can. This, this website has him at 4.9. I'm pretty sure I saw him. Somewhere that he was like, but is uh, this out of high school? Is this out of high school? That's what I mean. I don't know what they're pulling from in okay. terms of like, when's the last time he actually ran a 40 yarder as a, a full blown offensive lineman? Um, I've seen a lot of times in the fives as well. So I don't know. I this one's another one that's hard, but I got to lean that I don't think like running again, it under only five is for, hard. It only matters for betters. It's not like NFL teams care how fast. No, they don't give a crap. Run. They yeah. don't care at all. But yeah. but like I'm saying though, like what running under five is 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 fast. Like people get so caught up about like four three okay. and four four. Like running under five is still is still fast for the modern person. It's not the modern person. Yes, it not is for an athlete. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, running under five not. is hard. Yeah, for you're, you. I think what he's saying is you're splitting <laughs> hairs when you're talking about a four five versus a four eight. I mean, like you're literally, you know, it's like we're talking tenths of a second. I mean, you know? and it matters not at all for a, a offensive tackle, like not even a little bit. Like that's not even a stat. I'm saying that for they like skill at. positions, yeah, like running under five is no problem. But like any other position you- and, and player or person, like. Under five is is you're you're moving. Like that's it, that's no easy task. If you are anything other than an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman, and some of them 
need to be under five as well. You're under five. And if you're not under five, you have no business being at the combine. Right. But I'm still saying that like, oh, yeah. that's quick. That's fast. It's so fa- fast. It's fast for the three of us. It is not fast for an actual athlete. What? <laughs> for an actual athlete. You that's why they're there because it's fast. <laughs> you just said you don't belong there. If you can't do it, the Correct. reason they're there is because they can, because they're fast. But <laughs> I'm telling you, athlete any kind of an athlete should be able to run under a five yeah I, I know but i don't disagree but i'm still saying like that's fast like anything under five is fast in oh, my opinion okay for us yes <laughs> not for anybody that actually plays a sport <sighs> okay usma says we need an ib combine who would have the best oh god 40? that'd be ugly i would hurt myself i would absolutely would still 100%. have a hamstring by the time they got Pull to the something. finish line there's no ch- and, and i'll tell you what there's a lot of people, and I'm assuming in this chat as well, that don't realize how far 40 yards actually is. It is a lot further than you think it is. I can tell you that right now. When you actually get onto a football field, 40 yards is a heck of a distance. Yeah. So good luck to everybody. Uh, we, we would all get hurt. I would. Jesse might not. He's he's still close to his youth. I still play enough myself. rec sports that I, I think I could get away with running I would hurt 40. Myself. I would take you in a 40 right now. <laughs> what? there you go the gauntlet has been like we may have to do this i have 24 hour access to a football field with the you know we can make this happen we can do it we can do it i'm running on nothing but turf <laughs> i got you I got by the you. way i was watching and nfl he- network this afternoon and and uh marcus freeman popped in the booth with rich eisen <laughs> and them for a couple minutes and they showed they showed some of that some of his combine footage. Mm. Did if you see that? It was like it's one. He had his head shaved. I saw like, that. He was he was head shaved when he was in college, apparently. But he was he was a beefy guy back. He, you know, I'm not saying in a bad way, but obviously, no, like compared to now, like he's swole. he looks, he looks way true, different. Yeah, he was yes. he was swole. That's for he sure. Was swole. Yeah, and you're right, Jesse. Like especially back then, because that's been what at least 15 years ago. Like those were traditional inside linebackers, linebackers were yeah a little bigger to yeah. begin with than they are right his 40 now. yard so. time comes in about four six five that's basically what bertrand and that's uh moving. maris leafl run yep had an earring as well usma yes he did says man yes he did i he's almost does he still like have it said, now does he ever wear an earring now you i noticed? don't think so i really don't think i he's unrecognizable like you can kind of make out his face i know he is unrecognizable it took me a minute opinion. when they started yeah. showing it because yeah. they were like setting it up to, and here's you know, coach in the booth and all that. It's like, yeah, it took a minute to recognize him. I was like, I think that's. Did any of you guys catch the Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey uh, clip that's been going around this week, talking about Chris Jones and his experience at the the combine when he ran a forty yard dash? Did not see that. I'm Kelsey. <laughs> I might have seen some of that. <laughs> um, I'll just leave it at this. Chris Jones decided to wear uh, no pants and went spandex. And he got moving so quick that some things popped out when he was running his oh 40 yards. <laughs> wow. So that's, that's unfortunate. Got to make sure everything's in place if you're going to be running the 40. Especially in spandex as a big man. Yes, correct. All right, fill in the blank. Notre Dame women's basketball's win over fifth-ranked Virginia Tech Thursday night was blank. Predicted by Sean Styers. Because I texted you before the game. I texted you before the game, and I was like, hey, man, what are you thinking about the next couple of games? And you're like, I feel really good about tonight. And I was like, okay, let's go. And I'm I said, watching the game. I said, ask me after tonight yeah. because I feel really good about tonight, and we'll see yeah. what that means. <laughs> right. We'll see if it means yeah, anything. right. But, I mean, <laughs> you feeling good about the game. I mean, they played great basketball start to finish, frankly. There, there, there was a little bit of that run at the end of the first half that Virginia Tech put on that I think got them kind of back into it and then at the beginning of the second half. But other than that, Notre Dame had complete control, and that was a fun game to watch. And it – it was like they couldn't miss there for a while. It was awesome. It was awesome, especially in the second half. 
Yeah, it was needed. Now, honestly, and, and I say needed just because of, you know, what Notre Dame's aspirations have to be for the remainder of the season, you know, looking forward to the ACC tournament, looking forward to potentially the NCAA tournament. It was just needed. And I have to second what Vince was saying, because Wednesday night during rapid fire, you know, you talked about Kitley is going to do what Kitley does, but Notre Dame just has to focus on shutting down the guards around him. And that's really what they did. They didn't, they weren't concerned about Kitley's game and, and what she was going to do. They kind of took charge and said, our guards are better than your guards. And that's, what's going to win us this game. And, and you even said too, Virginia tech, for some reason struggles playing against Notre Dame. Notre Dame has owned Virginia tech over the last well, few seasons. Go ahead. Outside of, I think, you know, the, the, the ACC tournament or regular season games, Notre Dame has done well against Virginia Tech. And I think the thing that was most surprising to me is couldn't Virginia Tech wrap up the, the ACC regular season championship had they won last night? I was, a little, yeah. I was a little bit surprised that there was they weren't playing with a little bit more hair on fire knowing that they could get this thing done last night, right? Like, I know it's a tough game, but it felt like they weren't playing with that sense of urgency for some reason. Yeah, and a lot, lot to unpack from what Jesse was just saying there. Um, <laughs> one, as always, a lot of different points that floated all over the play, all over the pie chart there. Um, yeah, the thing of it, they could have locked up. They, they've already locked up the number one seed at the ACC tournament, Virginia Tech. They could have locked up the regular season championship had they won last night. They can still do that Sunday when they play. Virginia, but you're right. They didn't, you know, they didn't lock up the championship. Um, the reason I was so confident in this matchup is the guard play that you talked about. What has given Notre Dame problems is when they see opposing teams like NC state and Louisville coming into town Sunday that have pretty athletic guards. The only guard in the ballpark for Virginia Tech compared to Notre Dame was Georgia Amore, Georgia. their point guard. I mean, she's really good, and she, you know, she got her points. But the biggest key last night was, you know, and I know there are a lot of Kylie Watson detractors because she doesn't score enough points. But did you watch her play defense against the two-time defending ACC Player of the Year last night? It wasn't all her. Maddie Westfield was a huge part of it as well. Yeah. The reason they did what they did, they took Elizabeth Kitley off her game and she's got 76 career double doubles she had 12 points nine rebounds last night third lowest scoring total of the season they were physical with her you know they 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 stood their ground with her you know they they got in her head I think a little you know a couple of times she made some you know nice little fadeaways but that was you know what Maddie Westfeld she came on the post game with me last night and she talked about how Kitley for the kind of numbers that she puts up, averaging a double-double and being the two-time ACC player of the year, she's more of a finesse player. And they said, we're not going to let you play finesse here tonight. <clears throat> Love it. And and they Love took that her, attitude. They took her off for game, and and that's what it took. But that the reason I felt so confident about the matchup is I just felt like across the board, Virginia Tech's guard play could not match what Notre Dame's guard play was and we saw that last night, the yeah, way between didn't. fast break points, getting in the paint, score all those different things. Their guard play was good, but they also, you know, where where a lot of that transition and running and all that, which they always want to do, where that started was with Westbeld and Watson shutting down Kitley inside and then getting the ball out and you know and getting it going. So it was it was fun to watch. Probably it was. Every bit as fun as um, as the UConn game, and yeah, I had I the say, yeah. the TV analyst sitting right next to me for ESPN, and at oh. halftime she tapped me on the shoulder and she goes, "Where does that defensive performance rank this season?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I mean it's it's that or UConn, you know." And she goes, "It might even be on top of UConn." And I'm like, "You're probably right, you know." So it's like not just me recognizing; it's like yeah. you know the you know. ESPN analyst sitting there as well. And as Andre said, very physical against Virginia Tech, scored early and often. You're absolutely right, Andre. So that takes me to the next topic. And Matt Lee asked this question earlier. I don't know if Matt is still here, but he said, after last night's performance against Virginia Tech and outplaying the defending ACC player of the year, Kitley, 
to go along with everything else she has done this season. Do you think Hannah Hidalgo, he forgot to include Hannah's name in there, do you think she wins player of the year? So my question to you guys is I just got my all ACC ballot and I've got to go through that. Excuse me, this weekend, I've got to get it turned in by Monday. I got to vote for all ACC, player of the year, rookie of the year, all these different things. And, you know, I take the vote seriously. I don't just rubber stamp all the Notre Dame players. <laughs> Kitley is the ACC, two time ACC player of the year. She came into last night averaging 23.3 points and 11.6 rebounds. Hidalgo, though, clearly outplayed her last night and leads the ACC in scoring, leads the nation in steals. So I've got to decide who's my ACC player of the year. How should Thursday's head-to-head game impact my vote when I turn this in? I think it, it has a large impact because Notre Dame and Virginia Tech are in the same neighborhood in terms of ACC standings. It's not like Virginia Tech is at one and Notre Dame is at 10. Virginia Tech just suffered its third conference loss and Notre Dame has five conference losses. And when you're talking about, you know, coming down to Hidalgo or Kitley and two teams who are very similarly matched in the ACC and Notre Dame actually beat them in the ACC and you look at Hannah Hidalgo had – a better game and Kitley didn't have her usual game to me that smells of you know Hidalgo stepped up in the big moment and Kitley didn't it it, it almost was kind of a I would call it kind of like a combine for the ACC player of the year right when you have two teams that are so similar and you have two players that are, are that, that are both playing head-to-head and Hannah Hidalgo was able to win that game for her team because of her individual performance compared to Kitley, I think that that is kind of, you know, you, you kind of say this is equal, this is equal, this is equal. But what becomes unequal is that Hidalgo is simply better than Kitley when it mattered the most against each other. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with what Jesse is saying. I mean, you have to take into account head to head. You have to. And. The way that I – I mean, look, Notre Dame dominated Virginia Tech. You can look at the final score if you want. You can look at, you know, rebound. You can look at all the different measurables. Notre Dame dominated Virginia Tech. And Hannah Hidalgo had 23 points, and Kitley had 12. And Kitley was kind of a non-factor in this game. You have to – it's not like – In a football. huge game for her team. you know, Absolutely. Like trying 100%. to lock up their first ACC – Championship, regular season like championship. Like if they yeah. would have won last night, they get the outright ACC title. But now that's still in doubt, right? And so this was a big game on the road for them, and they didn't show up, in my opinion. I don't think they showed up. And Notre Dame showed up big time and dominated them. You have to take head-to-head seriously. It's not like in football when you have two quarterbacks going up against each other because they're not really going up against each other. In basketball, you're actually on the floor at the same time. Those drives that Hannah Hidalgo had, all the numerous drives that she had to the basket and getting fouled and the and ones and all of those different things, Kitley could have stepped up and stopped some of those and mm-hmm. it didn't happen. Yep. And so I think you have to take that into account. And then you look at the all the you know the whole season and it's all right there. I mean, maybe we sound like homers, and I don't care. I still would choose for Hannah. What you have to look at too is Kitley had 12 points last night. She averages 23 on the season. You add in those 11 points, it's a two-point game. Kitley is the best player on that team, the reigning player of the year for the conference, and she had 10 to 11 points less than she usually does. That's a a one-possession game the entire game as long as Kitley has her usual game. And then you look at it too – Hidalgo out-rebounded her as a guard last night. That's a good there point. Go. Hidalgo had a double-double. in her right. own – like her as a, as a big, your best thing that you could do is grab boards. And Hidalgo as a like, – how tall is she, like five foot five maybe? As a guard, grabbed more rebounds than Kitley. That's insane. A little, little taller than that. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I felt like all along, there, you know, like she's going to be the rookie of the year. In oh, the no doubt. Yes. There's no, no doubt, doubt about that. Yeah, right. But I felt like all along there has been a strong case for her for player of the year as well. And Notre Dame has obviously pitched that. Before, sure. you know, her steals have dipped a little bit below five. But before that, Ooh. she was averaging over 23 points, five-plus rebounds, five-plus steals, five-plus assists. She's still leading the nation, though, in steals, even though it's just a little bit below five right now. But it's basically her and Caitlin Clark, you know, who are who are averaging those kind of numbers. And I feel like there are a lot of people, because of the reputation that Kitley has, she's already the two-time player of the year. And now she's you know, playing for the team that won the regular season, or that at least, again, they haven't, they're going to get at least a share of the regular season championship. Sure. They're going to be the number one seed because they have head-to-head with Syracuse, the only team that can catch them. But I think because of that and the fact that she's averaging a double-double, she's second in the league in block shots as well, she's going to get a lot of votes from people just sure. because of all those different things. And because Hidalgo is a freshman, that's going to work against her. But I felt like going into last night, you know, again, knowing that this voting was going to be coming up because we just got the, I think we got the ballot maybe yesterday afternoon. They, they emailed it to us, but I felt like I was really going to, you know, sort of base a lot of how he was going to vote, you know, whether, you know, I was willing to give Kitley the benefit of the doubt. I mean, come on. You know the way I'm actually going to vote on this thing, right? I just wanted to hear you guys say it out <laughs> loud because I think that given everything that you guys have already talked about, everything we've seen from Hannah Hidalgo this year, the fact that as a freshman, she's leading the ACC, the that was gonna, like, scoring leader. Where would yeah. Notre Dame be without her right now? Right. Oh, they'd be in a world of hurt. I don't think she's going to win it because, again, I think that a lot of people are going to just – you basically rubber stamp Kipley yeah. because of the reputation yeah. that she has. But I felt like Hannah Hidalgo needed a stage like she got last night in a head-to-head to sure. maybe sway some of those other votes. So Make it interesting. That's right. Didn't this happen a couple of years ago with either Citron or Miles when they were freshmen? Like they were really good and potentially going to win – ACC player of the year, but they kind of gave it. I think they ended up giving it to Kitley, didn't they? Well, Kitley's got it the last two years, so. That would make sense. Well, she's a lock for rookie. (laughs) Hey, Notre Dame could have both rookies of the year in the ACC. That's true. That's true. Really good chance with Marcus Burton. Yeah. As well. That'd be pretty cool. And so what it comes down to now, Louisville on Sunday, the winner of that game is going to be at least the four seed. Like if NC State, NC they got a State, chance of the three, right? Still, well, NC State's probably not going to lose to Wake Forest because Wake Forest okay. isn't very good. But if Wake Forest were to upset NC State and Notre Dame wins, Notre Dame would be okay the three seed. But if the four is the goal, though, yeah. But here's the thing: if that happens, so Notre Dame would get the double bye. Then they're on the top of the bracket, and you're never going to be able to do a show. No, okay. Actually, I will because they'll all be 11 a.m. games. <laughs> oh, jeez, early yeah. games. Okay, I'll be doing early games and then going back to the hotel and doing shows with you, bozos. But yes, what would likely happen is Louisville would be the five seed, and then 
Louisville would just have to win its first round game. Oh, back and, to and back. Then we'd get, and then we'd get Notre Dame, Louisville, and back to back games in the quarterfinals. We got them. Four and five seed. Got them. Yeah. No problem. They just take back to back butt whoopings. I like this question from Ryan Roberts' forehead. How many games do the men's basketball team have to win in the ACC tournament before their last win is a major upset? Two. Their third game, I think, would be a major upset. I would agree with that because they're going to have to play in the in in the first, like the opening round. Well, are they going to have to play in that opening round as of right now? I have no idea. Let I haven't see. paid that close of attention. 10, 11. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. They're still they're still probably going to have to play. Yeah, they're going to have to the, the double digit seeds all play in the opening round. So they're still going to play there, but yeah, I think it would be they would have to win a third game. Is that what you would say, Jess? Is that what yeah. you said? A third five. Game? They got to win five to win it all, right? Let me see. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Yeah. So they would basically have to get to the semifinals. I mean. For it to a, be, for, for that last one to be a major upset. You win the first one, awesome. You win the second one, that's an upset. You win the third one, it's a major upset. How about that? Yeah. That's, yeah. That, I felt the same because I, I the word major is what made me pick three. I think two yeah. is still an upset. Yeah, but major upset. I think I think two would be like okay, like you know, we knew Notre Dame kind of had this in them if they played how they're supposed to. But, but it's still enough that you right. Know. Yeah. And so and I think three would be wow, they weren't supposed to win this game. They beat you know Duke, North Carolina type team essentially would be the the third win game. <laughs> Jason said, "Thank goodness you guys talk some sense into me." <laughs> And then he said, I'm done. Sean's one of my favorite personalities. I'm done. Jason's one of my favorite listeners. So. <laughs> Out. Drop the mic. By the way, I wanted to mention women's basketball. Speaking of them, they're going to be doing an NIL event tomorrow. This is interesting. Oh. Along with a company called Greeny Sports Cards, they are unveiling a trading card set tomorrow. It's an NIL deal. They're going to be at the St. Joseph conference center inside the holiday inn in mishawaka which is on douglas road kind of across the street from wsbt tv there oh, on douglas okay. road gotcha where the old wsbt radio station okay used to be but uh sean crawford who founded varsity house which does nil stuff he's going to be hosting a prep rally there tomorrow and they're going to be there from four to six there is an admission charge to get in but you can go to greeny sports cards Dot com for more information. From what I understand, pretty much the entire team is supposed to be there um, doing this. It's an NIL event with a uh, unveiling this trading card set for Notre cool. Dame women's basketball tomorrow. So nice. go to greenysportscards.com <clears throat> if you'd like to find out more. And I'll, I'll actually I'll post the website here if I can copy and paste. Put it in the chat. So quick. Do it. Here's the website, greedysportscards.com. So some New York Jets players, including Sauce Gardner, believe Chiefs wide receiver McCall Hardman gave out Jets game plan information to the Eagles out of spite after Hardman was traded from the Jets to the Chiefs late in the season. Fair or foul if Hardman actually did it? Foul if he's handing out the playbook. Fair if it's anything else. You know, like. I think all is all is fair game, especially in the in the NFL. I, I think there's 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 a lot of information passed around regardless. And unless you're just handing out playbook, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Yeah, handing out a game plan is like I mean it's taboo. You shouldn't do it, obviously. Yeah, get a, a playbook is different. It's foul either way. Like I, I have a problem with it either way, but at the same time, really? he, should be, he should be sending the Jets a care package. That he got sent from the Jets to the Chiefs. <laughs> like, why are you why are you sabotaging them when you just won a Super Bowl? Or you are you had the Apparently, opportunity to win. He the wasn't Super Bowl. he he didn't think the Jets locker room situation was was up to snuff, I guess. I I, I think that he it, it sounds like there was, you know, so not a got, good uh, not a good team grind. vibe. I guess he's got an axe to grind. I mean, do I mean, the Eagles look, need the help. Teams teams sign guys off the street who used to play for a team for that specific reason on a given you know week. It's oh, like sure. bring them in, 
you know, help with the game plan. I've got no problem with it. You know, like Jesse said, as long as he's not, you know, literally handing him the playbook, I don't have a problem with it. If he knows some guys on the Eagles and he wants to say, hey, you know, here's kind of what's probably going to happen. I've got no problem with it. I yeah, mean, I, I mean, I don't think he's right going do through that. and being like, this is drawing up the play for him. I just think that he might be like, hey, they're looking to, you know, they think – they think they can exploit you in the run game type situation. Maybe maybe prepare your run schemes a little bit better. Like there's there's not a lot of information he can give out that would be like super, you know, like <clears throat> like this is the greatest information in the world unless you give out the playbook. Like the, it, everything else is so circumstantial at that point because yeah, you can know that they're going to run or pass, but you don't know exactly what that play is and how it's designed. So it's right. like, it, and if you and, and more more than likely that play is already on film, right? Like there might be a handful of plays that aren't on film that that other team could run. They actually, the Jets actually beat the Eagles. And that's why well. it was a big deal. <laughs> right. But the Jets won. So it's like, didn't do the Eagles a lot of good if he was out there helping them. Yeah. So makes it makes it even less of a big deal, really. I right. know. I know. What are we talking about? All right, so there are some college football fans who want to see the Pop-Tarts Bowl Pop-Tart mascot on the cover, mascot rather, on the cover of the new EA Sports video game. This is a new angle to the EA Sports video game that we haven't touched so far. Do you buy or sell the Pop-Tart mascot? Mascot. Why do I keep saying mascot? Mascot know. on the cover. <laughs> this is a huge sell, and I'll keep this one short. There's one person and one person only that belongs on this cover, and it's Nick Saban. I think that's the only answer, <laughs> wow. and that's who I'm rolling with. I think that he he has earned the right to be on this cover. You know, that's actually not bad. I mean, he's retiring, riding yeah. off into the sunset, greatest college football coach you know ever. I mean, I it's, think that it's actually so makes easy. sense. It's would, so easy. It would I be, buy that. I would be pissed if I was Nick Saban. I, not that he cares. I don't think he cares. Say, he doesn't care about video but, games. But, but if a Pop-Tart is over me for the championships I had just, you know, won and dominated in college football, I'd be like, all right. Like, I would just laugh at it. Like, it's very laughable if they really decide to put a freaking Pop-Tart over the greatest coach of all time when they're coming back with the game the same year he retired. Maybe his would, face on the Pop Tart. <laughs> I, I would bet would my you eat mortgage. Nick Saban's face. <laughs> I would bet my mortgage that if they put the Pop Tart mascot on the cover of the video game, Nick Saban wouldn't have a freaking clue what you were talking about. <laughs> he would have no idea and wouldn't give a crap either way. Now I agree with Jesse. Put him on the cover. That that I have no problem with that. I mean, this is his last chance to do it, I suppose. Put him on the cover. That's fine. I would much rather have him on the cover than like Caleb Williams or somebody like that. I think you got you got Saban and you got all of his different trophies in front of him. I think that's the way you got to do it. Or or he's going like this and he's got like all of his rings on that he's showing you. I, I think it's it's real easy that they could hit this one on the head. Just Nick Saban in a in a flurry of trophies. That's what I mean. Him. You know, like yeah. basically like he's sitting on a Game of Thrones. Exactly. You know, I could do that. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I mean, look, he's already he's already, you know, shilling Aflac and stuff like that. I mean, being on the cover of the, the video game is a better look, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, he was but, doing that before he even retired. Exactly. So. And look. Obviously, it's a huge sell to have the friggin' Pop Tart mascot on there. <laughs> yes, that is. I agree. Ridiculous. I agree. Ridiculous. I mean, it was, it was fun, but we don't need the Pop Tart mascot. No. Mas Said it again on the cover. <laughs> mascot of EA Sports. What is a mascot? I don't know. <laughs> it's fantastic, though. All right. Well, that's going to do it for tonight. We made it, man. Was good, How you though. doing there, Jess? You hanging in? Good. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to bet on these 40-yard dash times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying were to you, figure out how to, I'm going to get you to trying to get me to me. drop your wager when you sent me all that stuff? Was was that what that was yeah, about? That was me kind of like feeling it out a little bit. Testing. I did download the app. but then, Oh, you know, yes. like, we're already I, well, I, I downloaded it, but then, <laughs> but then it was like, okay, now you got to, you know, register your account and all that. 
garbage and i was like i don't have time for this right now so <laughs> he downloaded it though jesse you're right yeah, there yeah i'll I just sent him my referral link too, so he can get his free money, and I get my free money. Okay, all right. I'm gonna have to upload some money to it and do my thing. <laughs> it's a pain in the butt. I know. Come on, once you're in, it's so easy though. I'm just gonna go watch high school basketball. Sectional what? Semifinals tonight? Yes, it is. Final four. All right. Final four. Enjoy, everybody. Have a good weekend, and we will talk to you. Monday. Thank oh. you, DK, for the super chat. Half a show. DK says for doing half a show. I mean, we've been here for almost an hour and forty minutes at this. This is a full show. This yeah. is a this is an extra. This is a show plus. For a Friday. Come this on, a show plus for a Friday. It's like, yeah. come on, man. Appreciate Thanks. the super chat, though. Thank you, Jason. Cheers. As well, Ryan Roberts forehead. We will talk to your forehead on Monday. Oh, not tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, that's for oh. Jesse for doing a half a show. Good call, you as a Well done. Good okay. Call. All right. Good call. Talk to you Monday on IB Nation Sports Talk. I'll take. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.